We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRADIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown for. Uh, whatever it is today, September 13th, 2023. My, how time flies, especially when you're hanging out in Vegas with all you FFPC players uh, this past week. So awesome to see many of you. Um, uh, so awesome to meet many of you as well. And for anybody who hopped on board the Better Sports Network broadcast uh, with myself and Howard Bender of the coverage of the FFPC live events, we thank you for that as well. Welcome in to the HSLD. Uh, happy waivers night for anybody who's watching this live. Obviously, you saw the email from me. Uh, for the FFPC Gold earlier today that we're going to have our first pre or, uh, first regular season waiver run tonight. Actually, uh, bids are in now, uh, so those, that should be processing shortly. Um, I want to remind everybody, too, that we are not done with contests. While you are still you know, playing uh, all your season-long stuff, uh, you're going to have the opportunity to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge once again. Uh, this year, $35 entry, $200 entry, whichever one you wanted to do. We have a couple options at each. Um, it's uh, very similar to our playoff challenge. Set it and forget it, basically. Um, no, there's no draft. There's no salary cap. There's none of that. You just pick your players and go. MyFFPC.com slash weekly challenge is where to check that out as well. I want to bring in tonight's guest, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. He's been on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour before. He has been on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown before. He has 15, count him, 15 high-stakes uh, titles to his name. Uh, and I actually just saw him at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. You follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Howell. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Howell. Jeff, welcome in, man. 
Thanks, Bonky. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to have you on and, and talk now. Are all your waivers in? You got all your waivers in? You're good there? They are in. A lot of Puka. Um, one Joshua Kelly. I can't believe he was still available in one right. league. So, so, yes, they are all in. And hopefully um, – if someone outbid me for Joshua, they had to bid a whole lot. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm surprised he was still out there. Let me ask you this. I put in, like, Nakua was taken in a lot of my leagues, especially for Kentucky where the bulk of my stuff is in the KFFSC. What do you think about Kendrick Bourne? He looked good against the Eagles. You know, he burned Bradbury for that touchdown at the end of the first half. Um, he ran just really crisp routes, looks long, looks fast. I mean, that's a good Eagles secondary you know, there's a good pass rush, which was in Matt Jones' face. And so, yeah, I mean, he, I put him in as a few as well. He was available in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I I, um, I, I probably did way too much on him in, in so many <laughs> ways. But, I mean, I was looking at it from the standpoint of, like, it was, like you said, it was a good team. It was a good defense, right, uh, that he was doing this again. He got 11 targets. It wasn't just fluky touchdowns. He got 11 targets. And um, th- this is a brand new offensive coordinator. In fact, the Patriots have an offensive coordinator this year too. So I, you know, it's one of those things. You know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're wrong on on Kendrick Bourne, but there's there's just too much there for, for me to completely ignore him. So I went heavy on him as well uh, as uh, as Nakua and Justice Hill got some Gus Headwards action in and and some Tutu Atwell in the year of our Lord 2023. I'm bidding on Tutu Atwell. Who would have thunk it? Um, well, you have, yeah. Go, go ahead. Bigger than- yeah, I was going to say you have to figure that Bourne's going to be in some shootouts this year, right? Mm. So you got Miami, you got Miami twice, you got Buffalo twice. Um, they have a schedule, you know. Doubt, you know, they got some, you know, their schedule is shootout friendly, and it's not really a shootout team. So who else is uh, Mac Jones going to throw it to? So Bourne, I think, is a very good waiver pickup. Yeah, and and we'll see if I get him. Maybe I didn't bid enough on him, uh, but we'll find out. Uh, Kentucky waivers go through at midnight, uh, so I'll, I'll find out a little bit after then. Um, I we um. I think I want to lead off with this, uh, Jeff, because this is something I, I missed earlier today, but the stuff on Darren Waller, uh, Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News says that Waller's hamstring injury could be a, quote, lingering issue. Uh, apparently there's some there's a nerve issue that he's having there, and this is the same hamstring that got him shut down last season. Um, I, You know, we're kind of caught at this point, right? E- either you have him or or you don't. Um, and if he's active, you're going to play him. But my goodness, this is this is really interesting for for fantasy purposes because now, um, if you did go tight end heavy, or maybe Waller, you know, maybe you got a guy like Laporta or Musgrave or Kincaid, you know, like one of these young cats, just as like, oh, maybe I'll flex him out. But now you got to start looking at like, oh my goodness, you know, uh, Waller's maybe the type of guy that is not an every week start like I thought he was going to be when I drafted him. That's right. I'm reading the report. He said that he could run, but he couldn't run far downfield. So that's that's not really what you no. want in, in a third round tight end. You know, I didn't mind Waller so much at the beginning of the drafting season. He was going the fifth and sixth rounds, like in best ball and some of the early, you know, FFPC, you know, pro championships. But third round, he's way too expensive, way too risky. Um, he's he was just tough. I didn't pull the trigger on him there in the last month and a half. So. Um, I hate to hear he's hurt. Um, never pull for an injury. That's yeah. it, you no, know, I, I think that's right. I mean, like obviously, 
if you're drafting him early, there's no reason to be paying a premium for him later. So that makes perfect sense. But, you know, going forward now, I think like I probably got him and, you know, thank goodness his price got higher. Uh, like right when I started <laughs> drafting heavily because I missed on him uh, a lot. So we'll see what happens with, with Waller going forward. But yeah, that that's the case where, where, you know, I'm glad I drafted a backup tight end because quite frankly, I may need him going forward. The other thing too, is I already benched him week one, uh, Jeff, because he had the Sunday night game. And we were unsure if he was going to go that game. And I think I played Higby in front of him, which, you know, ended up working out because I think Waller only had like three catches or whatever for like 30 yards. But but that's the other thing to keep in mind, too. It's like if the Giants are playing at 1 p.m. on Sunday and they're playing a late game or Sunday night or Monday night, like you're going to have to really go into overdrive to think about whether you're going to start this guy or not. Speaking of injuries, right. let's get into The rookie it. tight ends look great. You know, the you know the, the high-stakes mantra has always been don't draft a rookie tight end, right? You can't trust them. But Laporta looked great. You know, Musgrave looked great. So, I'm not – that might break the trend this year. I think there's just so many of them. You know, like you'd almost think that uh, – you'd almost think that um, just by sheer volume, one of these guys is going to pay off big time. We'll see. Um, yeah, I liked what I saw from the rookies last week as well. I did not like what I saw in Baltimore. J.K. Dobbins, obviously out for the season, torn Achilles. Um, how do you think his injury affects this new passing dominant offense that Todd Munkin is installing, specifically for Zay Flowers, who I know you have a lot of this year and who looked really darn good week one? I do. I do. So my in-person live Vegas main event, I have the um, Lamar Jackson Zay Flowers stack. So that was um, that was huge. I mean, I, I had to reach a little bit, maybe a round and a half to get Zay Flowers in the sixth round. But I think he's going to pay off there. I really do. Um, yeah, I hope they spread it four wide. I mean, you don't know about Beckham's health. Uh, you don't know about Bateman. But having Mark Andrews back, you know, should open up the field for Zay Flowers even more. Or if they go 12 personnel and they have Isaiah Likely and Andrews with, with Zay Flowers as the main wide receiver, you know, um, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, it was a kind of a disappointing performance, frankly, from Lamar Jackson. Um, but if you look at the history playing the Houston Texans, you know, your first thought when you see that matchup, you're very excited. But then when you start researching it, Houston is not very fantasy friendly. So um, it's not like you could have benched Lamar Jackson, but he did not have a, the game that I was hoping for. Yeah, that, that is interesting. I, and I didn't realize that I should have researched it more and maybe it would have put Jackson on my bench uh, last week had I known. Um, the other thing, too, and, and I almost wonder if like when we talk about this Ravens passing game, we've seen Mark Andrews do it before. Um, we have, uh, we've seen Lamar Jackson do it before. Obviously the hype on Zay flowers is, is pretty high right now. And he lived up to it week one. Um, I almost think that like Andrews and flowers are, are the guys that you can feel good about playing with going forward. And it's actually veterans like Bateman and Beckham that need to show us something right in order to get into lineups. Otherwise I'm trusting Andrews and flowers. Right. Even even for Beckham or Bateman to make your last flex spot, they're going to show us a lot more. That's true. Um, Jahan Dotson, this past weekend, I believe he out-targeted, out-caught, and out-yardaged, if that's a word, uh, Terry McLaurin <laughs> this past week. Now, Logan Thomas, I think, was the main target for Sam Howell. But if we talk strictly receivers here, did we just see Dotson become the number one receiver for Washington? Or is it still McLaurin in your mind? Or quite frankly, doesn't it matter? because um, both of these guys are, are, you know, top 35 starts every week. 
No, I think Dotson's the one you want to have, right? I think Dotson's your wide receiver too, and then McLaurin has been bumped down to a flex. Um, we saw at the end of last year Dotson coming on strong. We saw in the preseason um, he's getting passes from my Tar Heel Sam Howe. So, um, and Sam didn't have that great of a game um, this past week, but I think he's he's going to be better, and I think Dotson's going to really explode. I could see him finishing top twenty, top fifteen receiver this year. Yeah, and I think um, you know that that was something I heard from a lot of high stakes players that that would agree with you on that 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 think that the sky not necessarily the sky's the limit, but certainly that he has a high ceiling this year more so than he did last year. As long as we're talking Sam Howell, I know you're coming from a biased standpoint here, but Sam Howell caught some steam uh, at the end of drafting season where he was being drafted as a backup over the course of the last three weeks or so of the year. Um, is that what we're just looking at that Howell finishes between top fifteen, top twenty? Uh, quarterbacks or is, is there more upside with him given that strong running game given those two wide receivers and a pretty talented offensive coordinator leading things this year I think so I think I think that Hal will finish in the top 15 this year um, he might be your starter many weeks based on matchup so um, yeah so I'm very excited about him he's on a lot of my teams you know on the bench just um, waiting to take over if an injury happens or the right um, the right bye week or certainly or the right matchup when we look at um, the surprises from week one, I think one of them that stood out to me was the battle of Ohio between the Bengals and the Browns. Um, maybe we shouldn't have been surprised that the Bengals offense came out sluggish given all the time that Burrow missed. I guess for me, I just thought these guys are all professionals. They've been to a Super Bowl together. They're going to figure it out, and they're going to figure it out fast. Well, that didn't happen. Um, you have T. Higgins uh, on a bunch of teams this year. How long is it going to be for, for Burrow to shake off the rust uh, before Chase and Higgins are fantasy relevant. Me personally, I have those guys uh, on several teams as well. Jeff, I have to keep playing them even after what I saw week one. I have to keep trotting them out there, right? That's right. That's right. You know, I mean, hopefully week two. You know, a lot of times we overreact to week one. And so I'm going to try not to do that when I'm setting my <laughs> line for week two. Um, you don't want to double down on a mistake. But, you know, these guys, like you say, they played together, Burrow, really hasn't played in a while other than throwing, you know, late practice, you know, late, late before week one. Um, they had this whole week to get it right. Um, Cleveland has their number anyway, even when they're all healthy and they're all, you know, on point, Cleveland is still giving the, you know, Cincinnati trouble. So it was in Cleveland. It was a rainy, you know, what the weather wasn't perfect, of course, in Cleveland. Um, so a lot of excuses for Burrow and company, but um, I do think they'll rebound in week two. It's going to be interesting because they have the Ravens at home this week at one o'clock. They're three and a half point favorites. Total in that game is 46 and a half. And if you lose that game, now you're down to 0 and 2 on the season, both the divisional opponents, which is something you obviously don't want to do. So hopefully it's a big bounce back for the Bengals that game. And Lord knows all those Bengals people who drafted, you know, Higgins, Chase, Burrow, Mixon, uh, you know, everybody, um, they need it uh, for sure, myself included. Yeah. If you, if you look at the lines this week, the over-under lines, there are a lot of low over-under lines this week, like a lot. <laughs> We're what? talking about a lot of 30s, um, yeah. low 30s. I mean, so that 46 and a half, that's about as good as you're going to get this week. It's and it, That's probably just a reaction from what we saw in week one where it just seemed like the, the offenses were, were slow out of the gate in general. But you're right. I mean, that Brown-Steelers game, 38 and a half. New Orleans-Carolina, 39 and a half. Now, the Dolphins-Patriots is actually at 46 and a half. So that's one to look at uh, right there right. as well. But 38 and a half, 38 and a half, 45 for Rams and Niners, 39. 
Ooh, Chiefs and Jaguars, 51. There's your fantasy bonanza game of the week. Raiders, Bills, 47 as well. 47 Seattle and, and Lions. But, yeah, then you're looking at 40, 40 and a half, 39. Oof, it, it's wild. I'll have to get my offensive uh, football fix the day before when I'm watching college football and and, then, right. and then put up with everything that's on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The freaking Buffaloes this year. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about, speaking of uh, slow, methodical, plotting offenses, Buffalo Bills. I don't know what happened to him Monday night. I don't care to, to, to try to maybe just throw – the, the game entirely because it just didn't seem they had the same intensity and the same passion, the same um, desperation that the Jets had that game. Um, but I think we learned a little bit about the backfield. And for me, I don't know how you handled this. I had Damian Harris and Latavius Murray on a few teams, not many, but quite frankly, Jeff, like they're, they're gone. Like the, those Harris and Murray were easy cuts for me after I saw all the, the, that the, the action that James Cook had um, it, it seemed like, he was picking up steam again at the end of the drafting season and well worth it because he was got, he was treated like a three down back this week. Right. Right. No, I mean, Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis, a huge disappointment. Um, yeah, it was a terrible game. It was, um, I'm still hanging on to Damian Harris. I have him in a lot of leagues and I can't cut him just yet. Should happen to James Cook. I think he would be a you know he would be a huge asset. Um, Latavius Murray, I do think is cuttable. Uh, he's already gone on all my teams. But <laughs> Damian Harris, I mean Buffalo wasn't really at the goal line a lot to see if Damian Harris would be the goal line back. But I still believe he is. So we'll see how that plays out. But I'm hanging on to Harris cutting Latavius Murray. Yeah, and and I and that is a good point too. Like it's always and, and I ran into this in a lot of my waiver wire placements tonight too, where I was trying to pick up the injury away type guys, but. I would be cutting an injury away, uh, an injury away type guy at running back to do it. So I'm like, well, why don't I just hang on to the one, the guy, the backup running backs I have now, save my fab budget, you know, right? And then like right. wait for uh, something to, to pop up down the road. So we'll see uh, with that. That's always, I, I think, like you know, when you're you're picking up players that that have the opportunity that week, like the Nakua's of the world, um, Justice Hill to a certain point. Gus Edwards, uh, Kendrick Bourne. I feel like that's like the checkers fab game. Right. And then the chess right. fab game is trying to figure out, okay, what about week three? What about week four? What about down the road? Right. And these people that play the matchups and they're looking at defensive matchups week five and beyond, like they're on a whole other level. I can't, that, that's not something I can begin to wrap my head around. Um, yeah, that's true. Thursday, I, like to keep go ahead. Handcuffs. I was going to say, I like to keep the handcuffs on a team that we believe is going to be a high scoring team like Buffalo, a Damian Harris. Now, if you cut, you know, Miles Sanders back up in Carolina, so be it, right? So that's that's where I think you can play around a little bit. But, um, yeah, certainly you don't want the third back up in Buffalo, Latavius, who I think that he proved that's what he is. So. Yeah, and and um, they, have, they have to have a modicum of talent, too, a modicum of talent. Like, it's, like that's the other aspect of it. It's like you, you – well, there's more than one, but it's obviously, like, good offense – they're going to get the opportunity, uh, you know, if, if, if the guy gets hurt, they're going to be the guy and they do have to have a, a certain level of talent on that. And I right. think that's what we're looking at uh, for that as well. Kansas city, speaking of backup running backs. So I don't really know like what you thought when you were watching that game on Thursday with Detroit, because I think it's kind of an outlier game for Kansas city. Maybe not. I mean, they'll give credit to the Lions. They looked really good. And the chiefs looked out of sorts. Did we learn, what did you learn about the chiefs backfield? Uh, that game anything that you're taking away from it with uh, in regards to Pacheco or Edwards Lair McKinnon any of those guys 
what a nightmare. What a nightmare in the backfield. What a nightmare at wide receiver. Just, it was just terrible. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think we learned that Travis Kelsey is the only one you can count on on that team other than Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, I have a ton of Sky Moore. I mean, an embarrassing amount of Sky Moore. <laughs> and um, he may be at the end of my bench all year, you know, but it's, um, it, it was bad. As far as the running backs, I mean, Clyde Edwards Calaire could be the number one back next week, and it would not shock me one bit. So, Isn't that crazy? I mean, I can't, um, I can't believe we're having this conversation again, but you're totally right. Yeah. So I can't start any of them if they all have to sit the bench in week two for me. Um, Pacheco's got great talent. You know, he runs, he runs hard. He runs like he's going to, you know, get hurt. <laughs> I worry about him getting hurt because the way he runs. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have much Pacheco. I don't have much McKinnon. I have a good bit of Clyde Edwards Galaire, like the last pick of all my drafts, but you know, I'm, I don't trust any of them or the wide receivers for that matter. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like we're always trying to draft players that are, that, that have greatness, you know, on, on their team. And that doesn't get much greater than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And yet for years, we've been trying to chase, I, I shouldn't say for years, but since last year, since Tyreek Hill left, we're trying to chase that. Okay. Who's that receiver that we want in Kansas city? Um, who's the running back we want in Kansas City? They put up a ton of points. The team puts up a ton of points every year. Like we, we should be able to figure this out. It's 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 a very difficult question to answer. And quite frankly, it's an answer that keeps changing throughout the season. Could be CAAH right now in September. Might be Pacheco uh, back to him in December. Like we don't know. And that's the other maddening thing too, Jeff. Like then these guys become kind of roster cloggers, right? Because you just you don't know when it's going to happen for them. And even if somebody goes down in that backfield, they still might not be startable because there's other talented guys there. That's right. That's right. I mean, first half, I thought that MVS was the best receiver on the field, right? He made some amazing catches. And then second half, Mahomes didn't even look at him. He kept throwing <laughs> it back to Kadarius Tony, who was the best Detroit Lions player on the field. So it, the, the whole game had no logic to it from a Kansas City perspective. I mean, you have to look at Kadarius Tony's um, – his targets, right? I mean, Mahomes was looking at him a lot. So, I mean, he did terribly, obviously. But, you know, he, he's not necessarily startable week two, but he's someone you don't want to cut because that's obviously someone they feel like has talent. He definitely gets open, um, but he just once, once the ball hits his hands, it's an adventure. And, and I don't know. Like, maybe that's a one-off. Maybe he comes back this week, he gets 10 targets, he catches seven of them for 100 yards and a touchdown. Because he's right. got that kind of talent, right? And then we're not right. talking about the drops at all. And I think that's why we trust the process, right? Like, we, it, 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 it doesn't matter what you and I think, like how good these players are. What matters is what the coach, the OC, and the quarterback think because they are the ones that are either designing the plays, calling the plays, or throwing the plays to them, or throwing the ball to them in order for, for fantasy goodness. That's what we have to rely on. So it's one of those frustrating things, but it is fantasy football. Um, it's sticking in that same division, Los Angeles Chargers. So Austin Eckler did not practice today. Uh, he had an ankle injury late in their game against the Dolphins. He did come back for the Chargers' final drive in that game. But Josh Kelly actually looked pretty good. Um, I know Josh uh, – not Josh Kelly. Austin Eckler was on um, Matt Harmon's podcast uh, today talking about uh, – talking up Kelly and, and how you should be rostering him in fantasy. And granted, Austin Eckler is a little bit biased since they're teammates, but 16 carries for 91 yards. We talked about him at the top of the show. He shouldn't have been out there. We'll see if you get him. But to me, he's if Eckler's out this week, dude, must start Josh Kelly, right? 
Has to be. Has to be. And, you know, I heard Echo on another Sirius XM radio show yesterday talking about how the game plan this year was for them to share, share, share mm-hmm. touches. How, you know, that, and this, we'd even read that, I think, in July in some of the little like Roto World blurbs, how Eckler was going to be kind of managed this year. His carries were going to be managed. And um, so you have to believe it. So I think Joshua Kelly, the startable flex, you know, possibly depending upon your roster every week. And if Eckler's not in the lineup, then he's your RB2, maybe RB1. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's on a lot of my teams. I'm glad to have him. Um, so he's on my main event live team. So, um, we'll see if he, we'll see what happens with the injury reports. I, it sounds like Eckler's going to play from everything he's saying. It sounds like, you know, this was Wednesday veteran rest day. So a lot of people, you know, did not practice today. So that really didn't mean too much to me. We'll see what Friday looks like on the injury report and go from there. Yeah. Friday's always the big one too. Um, but that, that we care about most Wednesday is kind of like whatever, but still we're paying attention for sure. Um, yeah, I had a guy uh, when I was drafting at the KFFSC in Louisville. Um, he had been, I think we were in, I, I, I draft probably a dozen drafts that weekend. I slam them all together because it's like my only live drafting time, Jeff. And there was a guy, I want to say his name was Kevin. I forgot his last name. But he and I were like next to each other for three straight drafts. And uh, we were talking after one of the drafts on Saturday afternoon. He said, well, I'm excited not to be in your league Saturday night because maybe I'll get Josh Kelly this draft. And I didn't know if I if I should take that as a compliment, like we both were going after the same guy, or if I should take it as an insult because I was <laughs> drafting Kelly too high. I don't know. Still, and, and we'll find out as the season goes on what the correct play was. But I definitely feel better about those leagues where I already have Kelly on him because I think that could pay off at some point. It's all about windows, right? Like, you That's know, right. Eckler doesn't have to have a season-long injury for Kelly to be worthwhile. He could just have something where he's dinged up, the Chargers decide to sit him, um, you know, maybe on a Sunday game and then they have a Thursday game coming up and boom, all of a sudden that's two easy starts for Joshua Kelly there. It's all about windows, as you know. Um, so tight ends, let's move on and talk about them. Um, one guy I, I feel bad I missed on and I saw, I could not believe how often he was out on the field for Tampa this past week, but it was Kate Otten and Kate Otten was a guy that was, I don't want to say a throwaway pick, but he went so late in so many leagues um, that I was facilitating for the FFPC in Las Vegas that I saw online, the Fantasy Pros Championship, the main event, so on and so forth. And yet it seemed like you, Jeff Howell, got Kate Otten in a lot of spots. What did you see about Otten that I wish I would have seen prior to me drafting this year? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he's one of those late round dark, dartboard throws you know flyers and so you look at that um wild card game against the cowboys last year he looked great right <laughs> so he's a rookie tight end you know and so he finally comes alive the last game of the year for the bucks um with tom brady um but he was getting open he looking at athletic and all the things we thought he could be and then they cut cameron Brait this summer so now it's kate otten's job they really have no one behind him um you're there's talk about Mike Evans getting traded, you know, is Tampa going to tank for um, Caleb, you know, and so who else is um, Baker Mayfield going to throw it to? Um, so I didn't start Kate Otten, you know, this week, even though he was on the field on 97% of the snaps. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not sure that any, I think that's number one on all over all tight ends. Um, this in yes, week one. It was correct. <laughs> so even over a Kyle Pitts or someone who you think mm-hmm. would you know, be on the field for every play. So, um, he may pay off, you know, later in the year. Um, we'll see, um, because Tampa might get into behind a lot. Frankly, you know, um, I'm not very impressed with their offensive line. Not very impressed with their running game. Um, they may be down a lot, and he may get some, you know, some cheap um, touchdowns or cheap yardage, cheap perceptions, and you know, third and fourth quarter um, a lot of games this year. I think you know that you look at the box score and you're like, ah, three targets. He caught two of them for 19 yards. Who cares? Well. Yeah, I mean, if you're just looking at the box score, but the fact that this dude was out there on almost every single play, Dave Canales, who is the offensive coordinator, uh, previously described Otten as a Swiss Army knife. So clearly, whatever formation they're using, they're going to find the slot to, to put Kate Otten out there. Whether that is the slot, an inline tight end, split out, you know, whatever it is, they're going to find a spot for him. Yeah, and I think you're right. I, I think it's, you know, you don't start him or anything like that, but bi-week fill-in, injury issues. I think you could do a lot worse uh, than Kate Otten. Um, speaking of tight ends, Greg Dulcich is going to be down, and he's going to be down for the next few weeks. I know in the FFPC, again, with, with tight end premium scoring, people are always after the next best thing at tight end or the next big thing at tight end. I don't think that's Adam Troutman, but I think like with, with Dulcich missing or going to be missing so much time, Troutman's probably a guy that you probably threw a few bucks on tonight, right? I think you have to, you know, I think one of my biggest regrets, I think, was round 11, where I had a chance to draft either Greg Dolchich or Hunter Henry, mm-hmm. and I took Dolchich, and I, I think I regret it, I'm glad that I not take Hunter Henry, you know, and Hunter Henry played great this past weekend, um, 
I did start. I just I started Luke Musgrave in that league, and he did pretty good. So, <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I, that injury's terrible. But they want to go to the tight end there. You have a coach who loves to go who throw the tight end. You know, Adam Troutman's going to probably, you know, be a serviceable tight end. And and the tight end, I mean, other than Travis Kelsey coming back, I mean, who else do we have really? And Mark mm-hmm. Andrews coming back, but those two are have zero points so far. So I mean, obviously that's going to change, but unless you have one of the big two, we've seen Darren Waller in his, in his injury. So there's just not much out there tied in. So Adam Troutman might, if he can give you double digit points, you know, five catches for 51 yards or something like that, then you can let the rest of your lineup win the, win the, win the, win the week. So I think that's, what's so fascinating about the, the, the priest or the waiver wire that goes off after week one, prior to week two, it's it's one of the busiest, it's one of the most important, and it's also one of the craziest, right? Because there's no bye weeks coming up in week two. It's not like we're all freaking out for a 16 bye week, but we have all this cash, right? This is at, at the point where everybody's going to have the most money in their fab budget that they'll have mm-hmm. all season. And we again, we like you said earlier, you don't want to overreact, but at the same time, you want to be able to take advantage of players grabbing them now, even if you won't need them in week two or week three, but you will need them in, in bye weeks or, or injury issue. And like, that's the way you have to think about this. So I, I know some of my teams and I'm not bragging because clearly uh, I, I should, I am in no position to brag, but there are a lot of teams I have where I'm like, I really don't feel comfortable cutting any of the, uh, of this depth right now, but that could change in a week. You know what I mean? Like with, with that's injuries right. and everything. And that's why, like when you have the opportunity, Jeff, you got to make sure you're going out and getting your guys and, and maybe spending a little bit more than, than you should just to just to make sure that you have this depth when you do eventually need it. Yeah, Trapman's under the radar pickup. Everyone's talking about Justice Hill and Puka, you know, this week. So, I mean, Troutman, you should be able to get him for 5% of your budget, hopefully 8%. Um, and I think it's a good pickup. Yeah, it, yeah, it won't break the bank, which is another great point, too, with that, like, uh, Nakua and Hill might. Let's move. Um, I didn't realize that we had. Uh, yeah. So a lot. Wow. A lot of AFC West questions on the on the uh, rundown tonight. Devonte Adams is banged up. Um, we have Jacoby Myers in uh, concussion protocol right now. Myers, who, by, by the way, had a nine catch for 81 yards. I want to say something like that game on Sunday. He actually good, was pretty good. Adams had the, the foot issue. Now, this again, it's Wednesday. It could be a veteran rest day. Uh, Meyer still in the concussion protocol, and I think Garoppolo was uh, dealing with an injury as well. Um, Michael Mayer, to, to my knowledge, did not get anything fantasy-wise in, in week one. I don't know if he saw any targets. I don't even know if he saw any targets. He may not have seen any targets. So, so this is interesting because normally we'd say rookie tight end um, had zero uh, impact in week one. You're ready to move on from him. I don't know if this is a guy that you can – you know, think about cutting at this point because of the situation on the perimeter for Las Vegas and it's tight end premium. You probably don't want to trot Mayer out there, uh, Jeff, but man, if Adams and or Myers is dinged up, how, how long are you going to think about flexing him out? That's true. That's true. I don't think he's cuttable. I think you got to hang on to him. Um, so he has a lot of talent. Um, and, you know, I think Garoppolo will lean on him later in the season. So I think he's, he's not going to pay off. I mean, I think Devontae Adams is going to play. I don't, you know, the concussion protocol, you never know about Jacoby Myers, who had a great game. But, you know, they've got, you know, you look at some games coming up for them. They have, of course, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, 
the Chargers, Green Bay, New England. So that's a tough stretch. Um, they could be behind in a lot of those games. Um, so, yeah, I think Mayer is someone who, if some other tight ends go down, or if you have Darren Waller and Michael Mayer, you know, that's very possible. Or if you have, you know, um, you know, a t- another t- a Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. and Michael Mayer, since I don't think you trust anyone in that Atlanta offense other than unless you're a running back. Um, so I think Michael Mayer will, I would say, just keep him on your bench for week two. Let's see what happens. But he could be startable against the Chargers in week three, depending yeah. on what your tight end lineup looks like. Yeah, and that, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I do believe the bye weeks start week four again this year, right? I don't think we have any bye weeks. I know we don't have any bye weeks this week. I'm pretty sure we yeah. don't week three. I think they start in week four, right? Or week five, yeah. yeah. We, we, okay, exactly. yeah, so there you go. Um, okay, the, uh, the, the million-dollar question here, as it were. A sleeper that not a lot of FFPC players are probably going to have in their lineups this week, Jeff, um, that you think should be in their lineups. And then, uh, second of all, a player that a lot of people are probably going to start that you think is actually in for a bad week, too, and you would think twice before you click on his name to start. So, if I told you that the Houston Texans threw the ball more than any other team in week one, would you be surprised by that? Because I certainly was when I looked it up. And so, Nico Collins is definitely my sleeper for week two. Mm-hmm. He's going to probably be in my flex in almost every single lineup. So, he may not even be a sleeper anymore. I don't know if he even qualifies as a sleeper. Uh, yeah, but... I, I, we'll accept it. I think he's a sleeper. <laughs> I mean, the thing was, like, where were you drafting him? Was he drafted within, like, the top 40 receivers? Probably not. Top 50, maybe. Top 60, okay. Like, that could still be a sl- – I mean, we're talking about starting this guy. When you don't have any injury issues and when you don't have any bye weeks to deal with, yeah, I mean, that qualifies as a sleeper, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so there's a lot of people I would start Nico Collins over this this week that I drafted in the top seven rounds. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and then we've already talked about him, but Kadarius Tony. You know, I mean, I mean, Kadarius Tony, um, he got the looks and he's been reading the press all week, you know, a week, a week and two days. He had an extra two days to read the press. Right. And so um, he's healthy. He's talented. He could be the second flex spot, you know, um, in a lot of leagues. And, you know, I think Kansas City will probably rebound this week. And so you look at their upcoming schedule as well. You know, Jacksonville, that should be a shootout. Mm-hmm. A couple of tough defensive Chicago Jets, but then you have Minnesota, Denver, Chargers, Denver, Miami. So a lot of shootouts are on the horizon. So, um, and this week is one of them with Jacksonville. So I kind of like Kadarius Tony um, this week a little. So and, this week. and you know, the other great thing about Tony is if you're playing in the FFPC main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship, you're not necessarily competing with thousands of other teams right now, but it never helps to, to increase your, your differentiation. There's going to be a lot of people that are not going to start Tony this past week because they saw on national TV the first game in months <laughs> for the NFL, and Tony just dropped everything in front of him. So I think, I think you make a good point there. Sometimes it's important to zag when everybody else is zigging. Let's get to one question before we sign off tonight from the uh, chat room. Chris Lude is in there. He wants to know if we would trade Tua Tungavailoa for Brandon Ayuk since he already has Justin Herbert on his team. Now, Chris, thank you for the question. Without knowing the parameters of your league, um, I would assume that if this is a start one quarterback league, you're not going to have an opportunity to play Tunga Vailoa a whole lot because you have Herbert. So absolutely, I would much rather have uh, the Ayuk. Uh, and, and Jeff, I'll let you talk about Brandon Ayuk here in a little bit. But I, I think that you're trying to 
field the best possible roster you can. And if you can only play one of these quarterbacks, um, you're not fielding the best roster that you can if you can get Ayuk for Tua. So I for sure say Tunga Vailoa. What do you make of what, first of all, what do you say to the trade, Jeff? And what do you make of what we saw from Brandon Ayuk in week one? I mean, he's fantastic. You know, I say my hardest decision, um, you know, I've already talked about a couple of decisions I regretted, but my hardest decision, the main event was round four. So I started out Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, and then I went Keenan Allen. And from the ADP, from um, Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani, thank you for all your hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that Justin Herbert was going to be there for my um, Keenan Allen stack. Um, but the guy right before me took Herbert. So, but surprisingly, Lamar Jackson had fallen, who I wasn't planning on taking Lamar Jackson. Um, so I sat there, and the question was, do I take Ayuk or Lamar Jackson, right? So do I build my team with Ayuk, and then I would have targeted a Tua later? Um, I like Tua a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I took Lamar Jackson and built the, decided to build the Zay Flowers stack in a couple of rounds later. But that, that was a tough decision because I really like Ayuk this year. Grander trade, even though I love Tua, um, you gotta, you know, you're he's not doing anything for you on your on the bench, or if right. you bench Herbert because you love Tua, Herbert's not doing anything for you on the bench, so you gotta put points on the field. So, I I uh, I was gonna ask you too at the top of the show. So you, what did you do out in Vegas as far as drafts go? Do you just have the one main alive the one live main event, or what else did you do? Yeah, so this year I brought my family. So my daughter turned oh. twenty-one this weekend. We brought the year old boy. He saw things he'd never seen. Well, he probably does see them on YouTube. So he's probably seen it. But um, <laughs> but uh, we had a blast. We saw Gaga on Sunday. So you know. Oh. So we just yeah, I just did the one main event. We just had a good time. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. Now of all, I know you drafted a ton online. Yes. I know it's one weekend. You don't want to freak out over one week. How do you feel about the teams that you've drafted this season so far? Again, just seeing one week of real, pure NFL football. I feel good. I feel good. You know, I um, I won um, one league on the last second field goal um, before the end of regulation with Buffalo on the 50-yard field goal that hit the upright and bounced in. That was mm. funny. And then I lost one league because – a guy had Stefan Diggs, and he was on, on the last drive, and I think Josh Allen threw Stefan Diggs three or four times that last drive. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. But I think overall my teams look good. I'm kind of like you. I had a lot of teams where I put in no waiver claims because I really didn't want to drop anybody. I felt good about my teams. Yeah, th- those are the leagues I like. I always feel like I'm going to regret <laughs> doing that, you know, like – like, oh, I could have had all these guys if I only would have cut. And I think that's important, too. Let's just briefly touch on this topic before we sign off. I, I think one of the um, most difficult things, not one of the most difficult things, one of the things I was slow to learn is those final two or three roster spots on these 20, you know, 20 round, 12 team leagues, Jeff. Like, th- those should be your churn spots, right? Like, those should be guys that are not roster cloggers. Those should be guys that either they're doing it or they're not doing it. And if they're not, like then you pick up the hot free agent pickup um, uh, uh, the, the following week. And it's fine to have those like two or three spots. Like you probably don't want more than that. You don't want less than that because then you kind of miss out every single week. And maybe there wasn't, you know, there's probably some leagues where um, I, I wish I could have put in for, you know, Kendrick Bourne or Justice Hill. But, you know, we're talking about significant dra- um, uh, fab capital that you have to invest in those guys. And as it stands right now, Maybe he was my sixth running back. Hill would have been. Maybe uh, Kendrick Bourne would have been my seventh receiver, right? And so you kind you kind of never know. But it's important to at least have those spots that you're able to churn week in and week out. Because if you don't have that, 
your team gets stagnant and you never increase the variance to make your team dominant. That's right. That's right. So now it makes a lot of sense. And you're going to need fab dollars in week 11, week 12, week 13, right? I mean, how many times do I spend all my fab money or have one or two dollars? And there's this third third string running back who just gained 150 yards the week before, you know, and he's, you know, everyone's talking about them on, you know, fantasy serious radio and all over the internet. So you got to pick up this guy and you got $2 in your fab budget. Right. (laughs) So I just, I don't want to be there again. So, um, you know, I did, I did Puka, you know, that one Joshua Kelly bid and a few Puka bids, but I was pretty conservative. I'd say this first week. So I want to hang on to some of that money. Yeah. I I think that's smart. There was actually in Kentucky, um, one of the preseason bids. So a lot of these drafts um, that, that I was bidding on free agent players were done on Super Bowl Sunday. So, I mean, there was a ton of, like, really good players out there that, you know, you weren't thinking about in February. Uh, one of those leagues, um, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, and um, Dalton Kincaid were not drafted at all. And this is not tight end premium, obviously. So, in one of those leagues, I'm like, well, there's no way I'll get all these guys, you know. Um, and I put in claims for him, And I was right. I didn't get all of them, but I paid a ton for both Laporta and Kincaid. On a team, I already had two tight ends, Jeff. So now I have on that team Laporta, Kincaid, Cole Komet, and David Njoku. It ain't non-tight end premium league where you got to start three receivers and you can only start one tight end, two if you want to flex one out. But that's one of the frustrating things. There was last year I had the same thing. I I had the attitude of there's no way I'm going to win all these guys. And then I did win all these guys in one league. And I feel like I had four fab dollars after week one for the rest of the season. And it sucked. Like you got to budget that out. And like, I just, I, I always have the attitude of like, um, you know, somebody will outbid me. And I don't think that's the proper attitude to have. Like you got to understand, like you got to rein it in a little bit. I think you did a great job. Of it. I haven't looked at your bids, obviously I don't plan on it, but, but um, I think it sounds like you did a very response, fiscally responsible job of bidding this week. I don't know and, if I did, it, it, especially and, if I'm hitching my wagon to Kendrick Bourne, too. You, you want fab dollars late in the year to play defense also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great that. point. It's like, it's like betting the, the do not pass line and craps. But if you're in the top three and one or two, you're three or you're one, and one of the other guys' quarterbacks go down, and the only quarterback left on the waiver wire is Sam Howe or Mac Jones, you know, and you have more fab dollars than he does, you know, it is what it is. You, you've got to yeah. play a little defense. Sometime. Yes, you do. Absolutely, you do. Um, you uh, have played defense. You also play a pretty mean offense uh, in, in putting together all these dominant teams you have over the years. 15-time high-stakes league winner, Jeff Howell. At Jeff Howell on Twitter, uh, J, on X, excuse me, at J-E-F-F-H-O-W-L-E. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Good luck not only in week two, but trying to take down that million dollars in the FFPC main event this year as well as the million dollars in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Uh, be good, and we'll talk with you again real soon. Great seeing you in Vegas, too. Thanks, Bob. You too. Absolutely. Jeff Howell, ladies and gentlemen, popping aboard the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. As a reminder, programming note, we will be doing weekly Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdowns uh, from here on out until the end of the uh, – no, until uh, 
the divisional playoff starts. So the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, that will be our last uh, weekly Rotoviz high stakes lowdown. So you can expect these weekly. Um, we did it Wednesday night because my flight from Vegas didn't get back till very late last night. So we couldn't do it at 10 o'clock last night, but going forward 10 PM on Tuesdays, right here on the FFPC, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That's where you can check out all these shows going forward. I uh, want to thank Jeff Howell. I want to remind you as well tomorrow, Thursday, uh, from seven to nine, we will have uh, the Roto, or excuse me, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show that will air on all the uh, FFPC social media channels as well as um, uh, the Better Sports Network uh, social media and Better Sports, uh, excuse me, BetterNetwork.com, B-E-T-T-O-R Network.com. It will be myself and then uh, Brian Drake from uh, 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 Fighting Chance Fantasy. And uh, Fantasy Points, he will be joining me for the full two hours. That's from 7 to 9 tomorrow night. Friday night, Farrell Elliott and I are back in the saddle for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Have a great guest lined up for you that uh, that night. That's at 10 o'clock Eastern as well. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Good luck on all your bids uh, going forward. And uh, we'll see you again next week at 10 o'clock uh, on this show. We will see you on the Better Sports Network and on this channel tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock. Myself and Brian Drake. Thanks for watching, everybody.